Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres Rodriguez, personal finance expert, speaker, writer, and business coach. I teach women of color how to build wealth and gain financial independence through side hustles and investing. On this show, we're serving up POC-friendly personal finance knowledge, always with a side of sass. We're talking about how to make dinero, how to keep it, and how to make it grow. If you're ready to become poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast. I am so excited about today's episode because for the first time, we are hosting a guest and not just any guest. This lady is a freaking rock star, okay? She managed to pay off $35,000 in debt in a year. And we're going to talk so much more about her story. But let me give you a brief introduction before we get started. For the last six years, Christy Cavero has been a senior accountant at a global electronic company. Despite being a full-time accountant, financial literacy and personal finance was not a subject that she was educated in or that she was privy to. This led her to educate herself in personal finances and pay off $35,000 in one year. Post-debt freedom, Chrissy founded Casey Money Management, a coaching business dedicated to helping others fine-tune their budgets, get out of debt, and build real wealth. She hopes to inform and inspire others to break the cycle of debt and live a financially healthy life. So as you can hear, and as you will hear with our conversation, Christy is killing the game, and she is taking her financial destiny into her own hands. So without further ado, let's have our conversation with Christy. Christy, thank you so much for being here. 
I'm really excited to talk to you because I feel like a lot of times when people hear about, you know, people who've like accomplished amazing things, it's because they're like famous or they're celebrities or something. Mm -hmm. And you're just like a regular person Mm -hmm. who has accomplished something amazing. So um, let's get right into it. Okay. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um, So for as far as your relationship with money, what was that like growing up? Yeah, so growing up, I mean, I grew up in a typical Latino household, right? So like, um, I had a single mother, and money wasn't really something that was spoken about in my household, to be honest. Um, All I knew was that there were bills to be paid, and mommy would take care of them. Um, And for the most part, I was very oblivious to what it really meant, I guess, to to save money, to pay bills, to, to invest, to anything of that nature. Um, all I really know was honestly, like if I asked for something in the street, mommy would always be like, I comida en casa or <laughs> ahora no, or, you know, something along those lines. So um, honestly, money just definitely was not a topic that was heavily spoken about. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I don't know about you, but for me growing up, like money was never really a positive topic. Mm-hmm. It was always just like a source of stress. And there yes. was never enough. Definitely a source of stress. Like I would absolutely see my mom sitting at the kitchen table, um, you know, looking at her bills and just making, you know, counting her coins, just making sure that everything was covered in every way possible. But it wasn't something that she freely spoke about with me or my siblings. Yeah. Okay. And as far as like you becoming interested in, in knowing more about personal finance and just how to spend and, and protect your money and make it something that wasn't a source of stress, when did that journey start for you? So I would say that my first lesson in personal finance would be around the age of 15. Um, I was in high school and I was at my first job working at Foot Locker. And I remember um, mommy had said, you know, when you get paid with every check, you're going to contribute 10% of each check to the household. And I was like, "Mm, okay, (laughs) (laughs) like, I didn't understand for what or what it was, you know, what it was for nothing. So pretty much, you know, I was paying rent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So what I did was, um, I had a notebook, I was always really good with math. So I just kept a notebook, I documented every check I received every two weeks, the the dollar amount that it was, how much was 10% of that check, which I was going to give to my mom, how much I wanted to save, put away for savings, and then how much was left over for my fun money, you know, mm-hmm. going to the mall or the movies or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I just knew that I was like scared of credit cards because I just knew it was not my money. So stay away from credit cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my parents gave me the exact same message, especially around credit, because they actually filed for bankruptcy when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And their whole message was like, credit will ruin your life. Wow. Yeah, and it it took me a while to even get the nerve to apply for a credit card because yep. I had that fear like instilled in me. Yep. Um, I think just because, you know, maybe they just didn't come from a place where they understood the repercussions of of responsible credit use or irresponsible credit use and so I kind of had to teach myself that definitely same here I was actually approached by um one of my colleagues well not a colleague he was a friend I guess um when I was bartending um 
he he worked in the bank and he was like hey do you have a credit card you know i was young and he i was like no like why would i want a credit card and he was like you know you should open one credit card at least just to build credit and i was so hesitant it took me a while to actually then say yes okay open my one credit card and that has been the credit card that i've had for the past 11 years <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah so is your love of math and your desire to know more about money one of the reasons why you became an accountant? It is actually. Um, when I was in high school, I, you know, you don't really know what you want to do, I feel. So they had these career aptitude tests and I just knew I was always good at math. And then on the test, I scored really, really I was like, hmm, I've never thought of that. And then after like researching it and things like that, I was like, wow, like this is, this looks like something that I would actually enjoy. And, you know, then I went on to college and I majored in accounting. And yes, now I am an accountant. One of the things that I find really interesting is the fact that even though you are a full-time accountant, you feel like financial literacy wasn't something that you were taught. I was wondering if you could go over what the difference is between what they teach you to become an accountant versus personal finance? Sure. So accounting and personal finance are two completely different topics. Um, so in school, when we're being taught about accounting, we're being taught principles, we're being taught theories, we're being taught um, sales revenue, gross profit, um, fixed expenses, salaries, cost of goods sold, um, net operating profit, things like that. Those have real no correlation with personal finance. Personal finance is about your income, your, you know, your savings, your debt, your um, income to debt ratio, uh, your investing opportunities and things of that nature. So being able to differentiate the two was definitely something that I had to learn um, on my own. And I had to teach myself um, what it really meant to actually put a budget together, what a realistic budget actually looks like. You know, um, accounting is, is so much more than just math. It's actually not math related too much at all, to be honest. <laughs> That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're almost setting you up to make money for somebody else. Yeah. To be in a position that you can help a business grow versus helping yourself grow. Exactly. So that was like the main focus point. Like, how can I manage the finances and the numbers of a business, but I can't manage my own finances? <laughs> like, it <laughs> makes really no funny. sense. And yeah. yeah, that's something that I definitely struggled with and something that I, I had to learn. Got it. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what you've accomplished. So you were able to pay off $35,000 of debt in one year. Yes. So what constituted that debt? What was, what did it, you know, was it student loans? Was it credit cards or a mix or what? Yeah, so um, the $35,000 um, was from roughly 11, 10 to 11,000 remaining in student loans. And I graduated in 2011. And I honestly could not tell you how much was the initial starting balance when I graduated. <laughs> I, I, you, yeah, I really couldn't like after six months of graduation, um, I received that first student um, student loan letter and I was like, oh, crap, I have to start paying this. <laughs> um, so 
that was a complete wake up call. And I immediately called them and I'm like, hi, I can't afford this. Like I just graduated. I need the, mm-hmm. you know, the income based repayment plan. I need the lowest dollar amount possible. And that's what I did. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to be paying my student loans for the rest of my life. So you're not going to get a penny extra out of me, put me on the cheapest plan possible and I'll pay it whenever mm-hmm. it runs out. Um, so that was that then, Uh, The biggest portion of it was I had just financed a new car um, back in 2018, and that car was roughly $24,000, and I actually would have paid close to $37,000 after interest in five years if I would have remained with the the five-year finance plan. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you got a really bad interest rate on that car. <laughs> it, it wasn't terrible, actually, okay, but okay. it was just like, you know, if you take the full five years to pay yeah, for it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it just adds up. And I didn't realize how much it would have added up. Um, mm-hmm. And then lastly, like 1000 or so was on my credit card. Like I said, I, I'm very like hesitant and scared of credit cards. So I never really keep a large balances on my cards. Okay. Mm-hmm. How would you describe your spending habits before you kind of had your light bulb moment and were like, I need to change the way I, I deal with money? Yeah. So I definitely was living paycheck to paycheck. I thought it was a, a normal adult living thing that I should be doing. Um, I thought I was, I, I thought I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, you know, living on my own, paying my bills and, that's it. Living life, like paycheck to paycheck, whatever it was, whatever was left over, that's how much I could spend. And if there wasn't anything left over, then, you know, well, I have a credit card that I can use for now. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, you know, pretty much what I was doing. And I was spending roughly $700 a month on dining out and mindless swiping on shopping on Amazon, and just those let me treat myself gifts. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And it becomes, let me treat myself every day until mm-hmm. I just have nothing yep. left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it makes sense because I feel like a lot of us kind of grow up with that mindset when it comes to money. Just, you know, we see how our parents and our families basically live paycheck to paycheck. So when we're doing the same thing, it just feels like, hey, well, you know, it's, it's normal. It's normal. Exactly. <laughs> yep. All right. So who like motivated you or what motivated you to make a change so um I was approaching 30 I will I think I was around like 27 or 28 or so and I'm like oh my gosh I'm gonna be 30 soon and I felt that I had a checklist of life that I was supposed to be checking things off of and I hadn't checked off some of those things um So then I started feeling very disappointed in myself and I was really hard on myself. Like, why don't, why don't I have these things? And then, um, it was just like, you know what, like, this is the year you're, you're going to be 29 this year and you're going to be 30 soon. So you might as well get started on it right now while you're young, while you don't have any kids and get everything out the way that you want to do. Um, And then at the same time, it was also like my mom and my stepdad were retiring soon. And I'm like, wow, like they're going to retire soon. Like I should be able to like give them as much that as much as I can, you know, for everything that like my mom has given me, like I should be able to pay her back 
in any way possible. And I felt that I wouldn't be able to do that if I had all of this debt to my name still. Yeah. Yeah, that that resonates with me a lot, too, because I feel like a lot of us like first generation Mm -hmm. minorities that are, quote unquote, making it like we also. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. So feel a sense of duty to our families for all of the struggle that they endured to get us to where we are today. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So talk about how you got started and your game plan. Like what did you decide to do and how did you go about doing it? Yeah, so I was like Googling and researching and I had came across Dave Ramsey years, years prior um, after I first graduated college and in my mid-20s. But again, it was just so many failed attempts. I would budget, I would fail, I'd budget, I'd fail. And I'm like, this just doesn't make any sense for me. Um, And then for the first few months that I was like, okay, I really need to make a change. I started tracking every single penny that came in my account and that came out of my account. Every penny that I spent money on, I was writing it down and just tracking it. And then after a month, I reviewed it and I was just like shocked at what I was spending money on. So I did it again. And this time I was like, you know what, let me try to see if I can cut back on dining out or on shopping. And I was able to do so, but I was still like mind boggled at these numbers. So I did it for roughly two to three months, just tracking everything that I was spending my money on. And then I was able to come up with like a realistic budget. And with that budget, um, 
I knew that I had to cut back on certain categories if I wanted to achieve um, debt freedom. And one of the biggest things that I did was to switch to cash and not mindless swipe for every purchase. Uh So you had basically an envelope system where you put X amount of money for different needs and wants correct okay Mm -hmm. so I do I do still use cash envelopes even post debt freedom just simply because it definitely helps me maintain my discipline um and even if I do swipe my card like right my mentality is so different than what it used to be that if I do use my debit card then I just take the cash and like replenish my my debit account because I know that it, it's not extra money, it's money that I have already stored to the side. Um, and in addition to that, I actually picked up a second job. I drove Lyft, I drove Uber. Um, you know, I have a regular corporate nine to five job. So I needed something that was outside of that in order to help um, increase my income in order to pay off my debt. Got it. And which specific strategy did you use for your debt repayment? Um, For my debt repayment, I did use the debt snowball. Like I said, I've had very minimal debts. It was just my car and my student loans. My credit card, I paid off very, very quickly. Um, Within a month, that was paid off. So then it was just paying off my student loans and my card. And um, I used this debt snowball. Um, But in actuality, it was just more so the mindset change of contributing every dollar above my regular expenses and every dollar that was left over just making a payment making a payment whether it was two dollars and 32 cents or twelve hundred dollars every dollar that I had extra I was making a payment to it can you talk a little bit about what the debt snowball method is for those who don't know sure so the debt snowball method is listing all of your debts credit cards student loans cars medical bills taxes etc from smallest balance to highest balance and you're going to be making the minimum payment on each of your debts and attack paying the smallest debt off first So if the smallest debt is $1,000 and the minimum payment on that is $25 a month, you would continue to make the $25, but everything extra would, you would keep, you would make additional payments. Once that $1,000 is paid off, that $25 minimum payment that you were using to pay off that credit card would now be applied to, let's say, your second credit card, which the minimum payment on that card is $50. So instead of contributing $50 on a monthly basis, you would be paying $75, $25 from the first card and $50 from that current card. And then after that second card gets paid off, those extra $75 would then be added on top to the next debt's minimum payment. Got it. All right. So did you face any setbacks along the way? A hundred percent. 100%. Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, what were they? And how yeah, there's them? no way that you can stick to your budget a hundred percent of the time. Um, it's really, really hard. Um, I would say that there were months where I would overspend in one category, or if I hit, if I set a goal of paying a specific dollar amount to debt that I wanted to pay, there would be months where I wouldn't hit that number. Um, so those were definitely some of the setbacks that I would face. And then 
I would be disappointed in myself, but I would also remind myself, like, I am human. It's bound to happen. So I just needed to forgive myself, give myself a little bit of grace and move on. Um, then in the following month, I would actually push myself to make up for last month. So if I didn't hit the debt number that I wanted to pay off last month, this month, I'm going to try to make up that difference as best as I could. And even if I didn't, it would be, it's still more than what I was planning on doing for that current month anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and besides that, I would definitely talk to my accountability partners and they would remind me, you know, like you're still making progress. It's okay to have a mishap. You know, we just need to, we just need to remain focused and like just continue doing what we're doing. Can you talk a little bit about the accountability partners thing? Cause I know a yeah. lot of people kind of, take that that avenue for like building a support system when they're you know trying to accomplish a goal because not only are you responsible for holding yourself accountable but other people are there to remind you so who did you recruit and like what was the the interaction yeah so it's definitely great to have like like like-minded people trying to achieve the same goal for me it was my best friends um one of my best friends was like, hey, are you still doing the Dave Ramsey thing? You know, sticking to a budget, paying off debt. And I was like, yeah, kind of, but I really need to get on it. And she was like, me and my husband are also going to get back on the train and we're going to do it too. We should be, you know, accountability partners. I said, 100%, let's do it. So then we would check in with each other, not daily, but maybe like on a weekly basis, just asking, hey, how's your budget going? How's your money goals for this week? How did your budget turn out for this month? Um, did you overspend? Did you hit your debt payment? Things like that. Um, after a couple of months, my two other best friends, uh, they saw how we were keeping each other accountable and making progress. And um, and they were like, hey, we want to know more about this. Like, can we join in? So we were like, of course. So now for the past year and a half or so, um, we all have been meeting on a monthly basis to put our budgets together, to review our budgets, to talk about, you know, the goals that we've achieved or haven't achieved, set new goals for the upcoming month. And then even like um, while we're texting, we're asking each other like, hey, guys, have you guys been tracking your spending? Um, How's your cash envelopes doing? Things like that. And then my last partner is uh, my boyfriend. And he's been extremely, extremely supportive in just like seeing me, um, seeing me like attack my debt and just really pursue something that I wanted. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. And people really need to understand that you are only as strong as your network. Yes. And when you have people around you who are just pushing each other to you know, achieve better and bigger things like y'all are all going to be successful because you're all going to pull each other. up. Exactly, exactly. And my, my circle has definitely uh, made extreme progress with their debt payoff as well. So it's only a matter of time until they become debt free too. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. So did you meet your original goal? And what was it specifically? Did you have a specific date that you wanted to be debt free? Yes, I did have a specific date of my goal. And that original date was December 31st, 2019. Um, So we started meeting at the end of January at the end of 2018. Um, Like Mm -hmm. October, November, we started meeting. And then at our December budget meeting, 
um, we made goals for the upcoming year. I looked at the amount of debt that I had and I was like, my goal is to be debt free next year. Um, so that was my original goal for my complete debt payoff to pay off my student loans was June 1st. And then everything else with my car was as of December 31st. Um, I, I beat both of the, those goals and my goals did alter. So I paid off my student loans on March 8th of 2019, beating my original goal by roughly three months. Um, that was a huge win for me. And that I think pushed me and motivated me even more to like say, Christy, you don't have to wait till December 31st. You can do it before then. Um, so then I pushed up my debt-free goal uh, to my birthday, which is in October. And I even beat that goal and I became debt-free in August of 2019. That is so amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, congratulations. Thank you. Thank so you so much. Inspiring. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I love it. I just love hearing stories about people who just exceed their own expectations. I and you absolutely did that. I was so, <laughs> so surprised. When I paid off my student loans, I was like, oh my gosh, is this real? Like, did I really <laughs> just finish this? And then when yeah. I made my final payment to my car, like, I cried, I screamed. <laughs> I was just like, I recorded myself um, making, like, clicking submit payment on the, on the computer. Awesome. It was just amazing. <laughs> Wow, mm -hmm. that's fantastic. All right. So what advice would you give anybody who's, you know, wanting to get in control of their finances, but has no idea where to start? Um, the first thing that I would say is like, take a deep breath and realize it's okay. No matter how much debt you're in, it is possible. And then take a realistic look at what it is that you're spending on your expenses, your spending habits, and see where can you cut back. Um, a budget is not as restrictive as people perceive the word to be. It's actually telling you where you're freely able to spend the money. You know, I still dine out and I still go out, but I do it on a budget. Um, My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Besides that, I would put it, I would put together a realistic budget and try my best to stick to it. The hardest part of it um, is the discipline to remain focused and motivated uh, to be able to say, no, I'm sorry, that's not in my budget. And really your mindset of exchanging immediate satisfaction with long-term goals. Um, and lastly, you know, seek help if it's, if needed, it's okay to ask for help. 
Um, like I said, I had my account accountability partners and I still do. And I highly, highly recommend it. That's awesome. Are there any resources that you use that you would recommend for somebody who's just like starting out and wants to know more about personal finance in general? Um, I say the first thing that I would read is The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. It's a very, it's a very layman's terms, basic book of personal finance that kind of just guide you on the seven baby steps, which is Dave Ramsey's plan, seven baby steps um, to financial freedom. That would be the first place to start if you're wanting to learn more about um, financial independence. Yeah, that's a great book and pretty much a Bible in the personal finance uh, field. So yeah. a great recommendation. Okay, so now that you have this big elephant off your back <laughs> and you are living your best life, what is next for you? What, do you, what is your goal for 2020 and beyond? Uh, so my goal for 2020 is to expand and grow my coaching business um, to help educate others about personal finance, about building wealth, about breaking generational curses. And um, I just hope to continue and inspire and motivate others um, who look like me, who maybe share a similar story that can relate to me. And honestly, if I just motivate one person to change their narrative and say, yeah, I can be better with my own hard earned money, then to me, that's satisfaction enough. That's fantastic. It is so important for Latina voices to be out there and reminding people that we can do it too. Yes. Like wealth is not just for, you know, trust from babies and nope. families like the Rockefellers, you know, we can accomplish this too. So I so appreciate you putting yourself there and being a voice for, you know, what is possible. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just hoping that, you know, now that we have more voices and more representation of us in the fields that more of us are willing to engage in these uncomfortable type of conversations, you know, because money yep. is very touchy. It's definitely time to break the stigma because money is a tool, unlimited amounts of freedom if you understand how to use it. So correct. Yep. Awesome. All right. So where can we find out more about you and follow your journey and what you're up to? Um, you can find me on Instagram at KC Money Management. Um, you can email me at kcmoneymanagement at gmail.com. And I'm working on a Facebook and website soon to come. Awesome. Well, we'll put all of those references in the show notes. And Christy, once again, thank you so much. This was an awesome conversation. And I think you have inspired so many people to realize well, I can do it because she yes. did it. So Yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much for having me. I hope that we have more of these conversations on here and on every platform possible. Um, I definitely think that us Latinas, women of color, like it's our time to rise. So amen. You know, <laughs> we got this. Yes, girl. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love Chrissy's story and I am just so excited to see where she goes from here now that she has tackled her debt and has basically become a force to be reckoned with when it comes to personal finance and financial literacy and her story is just so relevant and so inspiring because it just goes to show you just because you grew up in a household where Financial literacy wasn't necessarily a topic of discussion doesn't mean that you can't take it upon yourself to educate yourself and to 
arm yourself with the tools that you need to create the life that you want. So until next time, thank you for listening. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. Share this episode with your friends and family. And until next time, stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.